0: Thanks for all the use that came out on a, an icy day out there and a rainy day. And for those of you who are watching via the internet, we just say welcome. Come on in, open up your Bible and just press in just like you would if you were in the building. And this morning, I've I've gone nine weeks with our hunger series, but this morning we get a treat. We get Pastor Robin is gonna bring his supply to our Hunger Series. And, you know, this, is, this year, I was thinking of this morning, this year is our 20th anniversary. We have stepped into our 20th year, and we just want to honor Pastor Robin for everything that he did in founding this church all that t- long time ago, and we thank you for that spirit that God put upon him way back then. We thank you that it is alive and it is a well, and we thank you that today he's going to bring the word with fire, and so just come on and have your liberty this morning.
1: Are we good? We're good. All right. I was the one that did the little buzz in there when he was speaking. All right. God is so good. Yes, he is. You need to understand something here. This, we didn't, uh, you know, the leadership here didn't collaborate on what I'm preaching or what they were singing or what was said or, or so on, but... God, when God, the Spirit of God has His way and, and says, so I want this, I want that, and we yield to that, yes. we get, we have a Holy Ghost time, yes. amen? Yes. And that's what we're having this morning because it's it's been gooder and gooder um, yeah. as we go along here. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris did not have any idea what I was preaching on. Uh, of course, yes, it's a hunger, part of the hunger series or hunger, you know, story, the theme we're doing, but... The songs he picked were just exactly, and you'll find out as I get along here, I go along here, where, where it's coming from. How do you like my pulpit? <laughs> this, this was given to me, made specifically for me back probably 15 years or more ago, um, and uh, actually I got two of them, and this is the one I picked of the two, and uh, I like using it. <laughs> it's, it's my size. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, you get sort of used to some things, and, and uh, just as one of these things I, I uh, had gotten used to. So, you know, when I, I needed to speak, I, you know, the last time when we spoke, spoke together, that, that glass table was fine, and that's probably the new era of preaching pulpits, but I, I just sort of, a bit of a throwback here, okay? If you're fine with that, I'm fine with that. All right. It's all good, eh? It's all good. Say, I am hungry. I am hungry. All right. You know, um... I want to go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Because this is playing out today. And it plays out every time. This should play out every time we get together. And so Paul says this, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Amen? You know, in 2021, we spent six months preaching on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we should be seeing not only the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but also our gifts of calling in operation each time we come together. That's not our plan, that's God's plan. That's how He's laid this out. So whenever you come together, and have we not done that? Have we not forsaken the assembling of ourselves to come together? And, uh, you know, not just to get something but to give something. Um, And uh, then it goes on to say, each of you, so each of you, that means every one of us can be participants either in giving or receiving their part. And we were starting to see that this morning. People were giving their part. And uh, that is so important for a meeting when you get together with believers. Then it says, you know, uh, then some have a psalm. Well, a psalm is is, a... an inspired word or a set of music usually accompanied by a string instrument, so our, our psalmist is Chris. Chris is our psalmist, and uh, you know, but there may be others out here that are sort of sitting in the back wings, not, you know, not ready to step out yet, but that's okay, there, there'll come a time. Um, and it says then we also, when each of us come together, when we come together, there's a, there is a teaching. Well, we, the preaching and teaching of Pastor Jordan is one of the best, he's one of the best expounders of the word of God that you're going to hear. We are blessed to have that, that gift, and, um, and that, you know, that made it so much easier for me when, when we transitioned to him to be lead pastor. It was so much easier for me to do that, and I knew that even when we started the church years ago. It wasn't, wasn't for Pastor Wendy and I to be uh, the head of this thing all along. We, we knew we were going to be sharing it or passing it on, and uh, his preaching makes it so, made that so easy. It makes it so easy to do, and I'd rather sit there than be up here. I'd rather hear him than have to listen to myself, but that's okay. Um, so you have a teaching, um, and uh, but he's not the only one that God can speak through, to and through. Amen? Right. Then we have a tongue, and God has, have, has something to say, and a message in a tongue is, is one way to express it. Then we have, a, uh, each one of us has a revelation, and not only will God give you revelation knowledge uh, for others, but he will enlighten you with ideas and um, ideas. Concepts and inventions, and if you allow them to, R.G. Letourneau was a Christian industrialist back in the early 1900s. And um, though the start of his his uh, industry campaign was was not great, he was a lot of the time he was broke. But then he has started having some breakthroughs, and the breakthroughs started coming because he decided what he was going to do was um, he decided to give 90% of his income to God, and live off of 10%. Now. R.J. Letourneau was a very rich man because he proved out that you can't outgive God. And, um, and so he held over like 300 patents on heavy earth moving equipment and other, other machinery. Um, he had factories all over the world. And, um, and whenever he had, a, had uh, some issues solving some problems in his designs or coming up with new concepts, he would go to a church service. And he would sit there and listen for God to give him revelations. It's in the atmosphere. Because God said, you come together, you're going to get these things. And so he learned how to do that. And so then God would give him revelations, ideas and concepts, how to address some problems, and, and just give him inventions of new things as he sat in that service. And I could tell you, it happens to me all the time. I mean... Uh, Mine's not so much inventions and things like that, but my, you know, I, I'm dealing with issues, and then God will give me a, a thought as to this is how you deal with it. And I'm just sitting in the service, and this, and and nobody's preaching anything towards what I'm thinking about. It just comes to mind. The other thing is is a psalmist. A psalmist will get a song during the middle of the service. Haven't you? Haven't you got songs in the middle of the service? And so, you know, um, you could be out there, and and God will put a, a tune or put a put, you know, put a uh, 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 you know, some sort of uh, psalm or something together for you, and uh, and it's for others, not just for you, for others. You know, so you know th- we can have songwriters in this in this uh, congregation as well. And then um, then there's interpretation, tongues and interpretation, the prophetic, a word of encouragement for people that are, have assembled, themso- uh, assembled themselves together. Yes,
2: for lightnings and flashings cross your heart and your mind. Thoughts, good thoughts, thoughts of figuring it out, what to do in that opportunity of need. Lightning flashes, spirit flashes, across your heart and across your mind. And that's what—that's how he moves. Mm.
1: Amen. It's here. It's, it should be expected. But, you know, it's not like, oh, no, is the pastor going to call me out? I, I can't speak in front of others. You know, it's, it's uh, I can't even sing. I can't play an instrument. <laughs> you know, when I, when I first shortly after I got saved, we started attending a Pentecostal church, and they had some different ways of doing things. And one of the things they would do is, they would have um, a prayer time right at the start of the service. So they would have people give prayer requests, you know, and so someone you know, would say, does anybody have any prayer requests? And so in the congregation, someone would raise their hand and say, oh, can we pray for brother so-and-so, or and then we, can we pray for brother sister so-and-so, or can, can we pray for my cat, he's missing, and, and stuff like that, you know. Just, and there would be you know maybe half a dozen or more prayer requests in the congregation. And then the pastor would pick someone to pray. And so, you know, um, we'd only been at this church for a couple of weeks, and uh, he picked me, and it's like, I don't even remember what the prayer requests were, let alone, you know, so uh, I'm like, okay, after a long pause, because I'm like, God help, you know, I, I believe I just opened my mouth and God filled it, I don't know if I prayed towards those prayer requests or whatever, but it just, I said something, <laughs> and, and uh, I got an amen when I was done, so I must have been Okay. <laughs> I, I sat back down, and I thought, oh, God, don't ever let that happen to me again. <laughs> and I, I remember for weeks after that, every time the time came where you'd have the prayer request and somebody to pray, I'd be like this in the pew, <laughs> down, hiding, you know, don't pick me, <laughs> don't pick me. But you know what? It comes, but God, yeah, God. but God, amen. Amen. amen? So on the first Sunday of um, January, the word of the Lord for this church was, you know, uh, God gave us was about hunger. We've been preaching it now for what, nine weeks? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Today's ten? Today's ten, right? Okay. And um, hungry first presence. Yep. And since then, oh, we've been preaching on that subject. Well, while we were praying in that time, I got a different word. Um, actually, and I didn't get the word like you would think I get, like God spoke, boom, boom, here's the word, you know. Uh, but if you've if you been here a while, you, you recall when I was, uh, when I was uh, the lead pastor. I'd have a word for us in January, and it would take us through the year, just like Pastor Jordan has done. And so anyway, um, I believe Pastor Wendy was praying. We pray at the front here together for the service and so on prior to everybody getting here. And um, she said four words that just, um, five words, sorry, that just just shouted out my spirit as soon as she said it. And it was this. It was expect the goodness of God. And it was like, Okay, okay. Now, it you know, turns out it's the same word that Pastor Jordan got and received and the, and the church is getting, but let me show you why it's the same word. Um, let's I have to look at Moses. Let's go to Moses, uh, Exodus 33. Moses was only interested in God's presence, and he was not going to go anywhere without it. So in Exodus 33 and, and 14, it says, And he, and that be God, said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he, that be Moses, said to him, If your present does not go with us, do not bring us up out of here. Who all, who all, all was here for the, the message on a place called there? Okay. For, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, this is what Moses said, and please show me your glory. And then he said, uh, then God said, he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, uh, and you shall stand on the rock, so it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. And so, This is one of my favorite scriptures, so I've I've studied it quite a bit. And and so I'm I'm wondering here, though, what did Moses Moses actually see? You see, according to Psalm 104 and 2, God is clothed with light. It's his garment. Light is his garment, according to Psalm 104 and 2, and other scriptures as well. And uh, so Adam and Eve were clothed just like God with light because they were made in the image and likeness of God. So then at the first, the Bible says that, um, that Adam and Eve, they were naked and they were not ashamed. And when, they fell, uh, when, <clears throat> when God found them in the garden, hiding in the garden, Adam said, I was afraid because I was naked. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, what changed here? When Adam and Eve uh, were naked and not ashamed in the garden, the, the word for naked there is arom, arom, and uh, that means a partial covering. But after they had sinned, the word naked is now arom, which means no covering. When they sinned, they lost that glory covering. Sin basically exposed them in more ways than one, right? So they actually were naked. They were, they were covered with light. They lost that light. You can imagine their how they felt at that point, because up to then, up to then, they had no idea that there was, you know, they were naked, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm exposed. I'm naked. It's what sin does to you. And you know, we're in a day now where I didn't think I was going to say this. We're in a day now where men's sins are going to be exposed. Politicians need to look out. There's there's lies that are gonna be revealed. There's gonna be corruption that's gonna be revealed in these days. As we turn as as the light is turned up more. Right? So Moses sought God's presence, and this is what he got. He got his presence, because he was looking for that, but he also got glory. He also got goodness. He also got grace. He also got compassion. God couldn't help it. It's part of his DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Glory, goodness, yeah. grace, and compassion. If you get his presence, you get the other four as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're seeking his presence. That's why we're seeking his presence. In his presence is his glory. Yes. In his presence is his goodness. Yes. In his presence is his grace. Yes. In his presence is his compassion. When you seek his presence, it's his grace and compassion that allows us to come boldly to the throne of grace in a time of need. Yes, yes. And say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <clears throat> if you're hungry for his presence, you will see the goodness of God. That's right. yes. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he was, he was a man just like, just like us, but he was in all points tempted just as we are, yet without sin. Yeah. And let's look at Acts 10.38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Notice that it's not not Jesus, the Son of God. Not Jesus, it's Jesus the man. He left that aspect of himself in heaven. So this is Jesus the man, Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing what? Good. Good. Okay, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was (laughs) yeah. <laughs> oh, glory. God's presence was with him. That is God's goodness. Amen? Now look, look at Luke, um, Luke 10. Luke 10. And so, we, Jesus is on the earth at this time, obviously, and he's saying this, and, and this is uh, what it says in verse 1, in Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. Not Not saying, you know, the special chosen twelve that he had. Saying 70 others, sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Let's jump to verse nine. And heal the sick there. So what what did he tell them to do? Verse 9, 10, and 9. And heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus couldn't be everywhere to do good and heal the sick, so he chose Seventy followers to do what he was doing and take the goodness of God to the people. Yeah. Let's jump to verse ten. But whatever city you enter, they do not receive, and they do not receive you. Go into its streets and say, "The very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you." Nevertheless, this this that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom. Remember what happened to Sodom? Fire burned it. And Gomorrah. There's the two of them, right? And for that city. Woe to you, Cherazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works <laughs> had been, which were done in you, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more tolerable for the Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears me, he who. He who hears you hears me he who rejects me and he who, uh, rejects you rejects me and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me and i couldn't help but come to the conclusion that when the goodness of god is rejected there's a greater judgment for those that god comes to with his goodness and they reject it it's almost like god's given you his best yes. he's given you his best and you've rejected it and so there's a greater uh, judgment for that Do you want to know how to see the God's glory manifest in our midst? Seek Him, not His. Seek Him, not His. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be afield. God's presence comes with all His goodness, and signs accompany His presence. Amen? Sam, I I am hungry. I'm hungry. We find the first of God's goodness displayed through Jesus at the wedding feast in Cana, and the story just... just a brief summary. Um, uh, Jesus turns some, uh, you know, they, they're at the wedding feast. Jesus' disciples were invited along with his family. They get there, they run out of wine. Jesus turns the water into wine, and the parties continued. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? So, hey, and they say the good suffer last. Um, so that's basically what happened here. Um, and so, verse, John verse two, John chapter 2, verse 11. Says, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. In him. The miracle where Jesus manifests his glory causes the disciples to believe in him. There's something about the goodness of God that caused man to believe in him. Yeah. Yeah. So in this scenario, at the, the wedding, God's goodness addressed two things here. First off, there was the provision where the wine had ran out, and secondly, the shame that would accompany uh, the host and, uh, and because they had ran out of wine. See, these ceremonies were very important at the time, and, and to fail to provide for your guests um, uh, and, uh, and others would be, there'd be much shame on the host and the father of the bride. So Jesus is provoked by his mother. Mothers always provoke us. <laughs> Don't you meet me. Man, Jesus provoked, manifested, manifested his glory at this feast. He manifested God's goodness and removed all the shame. So what just happened here? Well, this was a foreshadowing of our salvation, where God, through his goodness, provided Jesus, made provision, took our place and paid the price for sin and took away all our shame. Jesus took all away all, away all our shame. He took away our shame. If you look how Jesus operated throughout the gospels, everything points to our salvation. Everything points to our salvation. The whole operates uh, uh, you know the whole way he operated, the way he, he did things, it all points to our salvation. Everyone's a story. Of, it's all a story of salvation. God sending his son because he so loved the world and sent us and Jesus acts that out in everything He done when, he, when he's explained the goodness of God. Let's look at the word salvation. Now, the word salvation is soteria. And this is taken from, um, the word salvation is taken from Hebrews 1, I think it's 14. And this is where we're talking about angels. And it says that, uh, you know, they're not all ministering spirits, that being the angels. They're sent forth to minister to those who are heirs to salvation, heirs to soteria. So I, again, I just want to say this: that you know they've been sent, and they're heirs to our, our salvation. You know, Help us with their us because we're the heirs to salvation, right? And so this is what plays out: safety, protection, health, healing, deliverance, and soundness. That covers a lot. That's pretty good. And I can testify that I wasn't just saved from hell when I got saved, and neither were you. I have received my soul, full salvation as I live out this salvation. Uh, it is a witness to the world, and so is your salvation as you play it out. Yeah, yeah. It is the manifest goodness of God in our lives that is the witness that leads others to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pastor Wendy and I were recalling the goodness of God in our lives, bringing back some, some memories uh, and a lot of but God moments. Oh, we've had a lot of but God moments. Walking in divine health. And when we didn't, healing would come so quickly and without fail. Provisions through gifts and surprises, checks in the mail, and finding money bills, decrees, complete, uh, completely forgiven bills. You know, it's just uh, God, just God, yeah. goodness of God. Yeah. You know, and I believe that from salvation we have tested and seen that the Lord is good, and I've always expected God's goodness in our lives. You know, we um, we we've had. Since 1995, we've always had a brand new car. Prior to that, we, had, um, we were given two cars. Uh, at one point, uh, I had a fleet of Russian Ladas, five of them. Yeah. <laughs> Guys are embarrassed to be in them, right? <laughs> um, but I had, I had five of them. I, I got all five of them for 250 bucks. <laughs> I drove three and used two for parts but they went for years, you know, and uh, yeah, I wasn't embarrassed, it was, I believed it was a gift from God, it was a blessing from God, you know, and they were so easy to work on, (laughs) and and when I blew the mortar out of one, I just parked it and put the other one on the road, you know, so, because we had two blue ones, and uh, hers and hers, and you know, It it was a good time. And then we graduated to passenger vans, and we had, a, we had a Ford Club Wagon, we had a GMC Safari van, we had an Aerostar, and never had any major repair or problems with any of them. Drove them to many services, to Toronto, to Tulsa, to Peterborough, just to be in the presence of God, just to be in the presence of God, and God kept them going. I think the worst thing that ever happened to us, we had a flat tire. That was it. Come back from Peterborough one time, late at night, it was like midnight or past, and had a flat tire, just happened to come across a gas station with an air pump. Got a little farther up the road and then end up having to call a tow truck to come in. He showed up with an air pig and blew the tire up and got home. You know, that was it. God was good. God was always good to us. You know, The stories I could tell of the increase in miracles that started when we, we moved more aggressively to seek God and to fulfill our destinies. You know, 1985, we were living in a, uh, a double white outside of Carmel Place. And uh, God had woke me up. This is, uh, I think, February or so. God had woke me up in the morning, spoke to me. And the only time at this point that God's ever spoke to me audibly, well, I thought it was audibly. Um, and so he said, I want you to move to Smith Falls. I want you to buy a double house. And I want you to take your parents with you. And it's like... Uh, this has got to be God because, you know, first off, I, I, I worked in the car one place I didn't want to drive to Smith Falls. And so, and then uh, the other thing was, um, uh, we really couldn't afford a, a, another house, you know, especially when he said to get something, a double or something, you know, like that. And I thought, I, I can't do that. I don't, you know. And, and the other thing was, you know, uh, take your parents with you. And, and I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the ones, as soon as I was able to, got out of the house and left, you know, um, at a young age. As soon as I could, I got out of there. And it's not that my, my parents were that bad. It's just that, and I have to say that because my sister's sitting over here. <laughs> uh, it's just that, you know, it wasn't for me, okay? So anyway, uh, so I, I said to her, as calm as could be, this is what God said and she agreed, because God's gonna, you know, confirm what He's saying, right? right. And so um, we grab a, get a realtor. We go over there for a couple of months. We're looking for a house, can't find anything. Change realtors, and uh, we're driving up this street, and um, with the realtor, and uh, he drives past this house and he says, "Oh, by this, this is this is uh, was up for sale, but it's already it's uh, there's an offer in on there." And I said, "Well, can we see it anyway?" And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll go in. And so we went in, we were standing on the porch as we were going in, and the guy said to me, He says, This house already has an offer on it that's very secure. Um, you know, you don't have a hope and a prayer. And as soon as the realtor said that, I said, like, God, we've got a hope and a prayer. That's exactly what we got. Yeah. Uh, Christopher and Shauna were with us. They went in, uh, the, the people were there, which is unusual for, you know, when you're in a realtor situation, house is usually empty. The people were there. These guys go in, sit down in front of their TV, and it's like they're at home. You know, it's like. Uh, so we looked throughout the place, and you know, it ends up being it was a, uh, and it had a four-bay garage, and above the garage was an in-law suite, which parents take your parents with you, okay, um, and which was was perfect, and the house was was quite big, the bigger than we're used to, that you know, coming out of a, a trailer and even a double you, the house is bigger, right? <laughs> so anyway. Um, so we saw the place, yeah, and I told the guy, I said, we'd like to put an offer in. And he said, uh, he says, you're probably wasting your time. He says, well, I'll do it. And so the next day, he calls me. He says, I don't believe this. The realtor called me and said, I don't believe this. The other offer fell through. They've accepted yours. But only God. Yeah. 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 The goodness of God. Because we're walking out his plan, we're walking out the purposes. Yes. Amen? We're pursuing him and we're seeking after him, and this is what we get. Of course, now I'm thinking, I can't afford this place. <laughs> I'm the only one working. We got kids, you know, one income. How are we going to do this? God made a way. God made a way. Wow, made a way. Glory be to God. But it didn't stop with me. My, my, uh, because I'll tell you, it was uh, 12 years later, When we bought the house, I was 40 years old, paid off in full. One income paid off in full. My daughter Shauna, 40 years old, paid off the mortgage on her second house, 40 years old. Christopher, not 40 yet, about to pay off the mortgage on his house. Because we're in a place called there, we're where we're supposed to be. We're doing what we're supposed to do. Yes. We're seeking after him. Yes. Amen? Yes. And we're living in the goodness of God. Yes. Amen? All right. yes. The you know, the wickedness in this earth is has been increasing, and if you know anything about end times, it's just like the days of Noah, where the thoughts and intents of the heart of man are evil continually. Men and women are doing some crazy things. You you have to shake your head and, and say, What were you thinking? You know, the stuff that's going on is just uh, it's mind-boggling. And blatant stuff, blatant. You know, nobody's hiding it anymore. There's blatant. And there has been this, all this pandemic crisis, and I, I don't, think, don't think for a minute that the politicians are concerned about your well-being. They have seized this man-made crisis uh, as a power grab to see how much control they can get over the people. They've used lies and fear to control, divide, and brainwash many. Fear is the devil's tool. If fear is involved, the devil's doing it. And it's not from God, it's evil and it's wicked. And and now we have Russia invading uh, uh, Ukraine and, and uh, more wickedness, wars and rumors of wars. We know where we're at. We're towards the end. And the, and you know what? The wickedness is just going to increase this year and will continue to increase until you know, beyond the rapture of the church and until the end of the tribulation period when Jesus comes back and, and sets up his millennial reign you know so that wickedness will but but the wickedness is going to increase but so will the goodness of God yes, right. yeah. cuz remember this where sin abounds grace, grace much, much more, more abounds yes, yes. so here's what god's saying he is releasing the beginnings of the manifestation of a move of god on earth like he's never we've never seen before he is going to cause the wicked to turn to him he's going to break the yoke of those who have been deceived by the devil he is about to show people who don't deserve His goodness, His goodness. Yes. But for those who know Him and for those who hunger for His presence, He's about to show us more of His manifested goodness than we've ever seen before. Yes. Exceedingly, abundantly, yes. above, more than we can ever ask or think. Yes. Yes. Say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. What is repentance? Um, Pastor Jordan mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had... Uh, Preached a sermon about repentance, and we don't have a digital copy. I probably have a paper copy somewhere. Um, anyway, uh, well, I'm not going to preach the whole sermon, but, <laughs> but just in a nutshell, let me let, let me say this: If you take the word repentance and you, and you break it down, what you have is repentance, right? And here it is: re is turn or or um, turn turn from or return to. Pent means where's where's the penthouse located in a, in a building? On the top, highest place, top floor. Repentance means this, turn or return to a higher place. For us, the higher place is as high as you can get, and that's seated together with him in heavenly places. Right. Amen. Amen, seated at the right hand of God. That's where, all, that's where all things are under our feet, where you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and the goodness of God will turn and return many to a higher place. Let's look at Romans 2 in the New King James Version. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? If you don't know about the goodness of God, Satan will try to talk you out of it. He has done too good of a job telling the church and the world that God is not good and he's out to get you. God's responsibility, responsible for that tragedy. God's responsible for that person dying. God's responsible for that person being sick. You lost your job because of God. No, no, no. God is good. Good God, bad devil. Yes. Satan will do everything he can to rob you of the revelation of the goodness of God. You know, it started in the garden, and Satan hasn't changed. It started in the garden. What did he say? He said, God lied to you about dying. Remember you said that in the garden? The serpent said that, and then God's holding out on you. If you're hearing that, it's not coming from God. John 10:10. 10, 10. John 10:10. 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. You need to know this off by heart because when somebody comes to you and says, "I hate God because of this, you say it wasn't Him. It doesn't say that God does not come except to steal kill and to destroy. It says, the thief comes. And I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Life and more abundantly is the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the same verse in the New Living Translation. Don't you see how wonderful, kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? <laughs> God's goodness and His kindness is being used to turn people away from their sin. It's repentance turned to a higher place. Yeah. Let's look in the Amplified Version. This is pretty cool. Are you, are you, or are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance for long-suffering patience? Are you mindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind, and inner man to accept God's will? You ready for this? Maybe. What's next? Is that it? Okay. God is going to, I thought there was a little more to this, but maybe it's my Amplified. God is going to be so good to people, they will change their mind and repent and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's the Robin Amplified. I don't believe that's in the Amplified Classic version or any other Amplified version. We have this thing where my Bible is so old, and I've had it repaired, but all my notes are in there, right? You know, So you don't want to give those up. Right? So I had the, the rebinded and the whole whole bit because I've had it for so long but it was the first version of the new King James version that came out and it's changed several times since so you know anyway, it's a, it's a Jordan thing. <laughs> you know, basically it's, well, welcome to the 21st century you know. <laughs> A tsunami of God's presence and goodness is flooding over this planet in our day. Yeah. Expect the goodness of God. Yeah. Psalm 27, 37.13, The amplified. What, what would have become of me if I had not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? <laughs> David was saying, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't believed to see the goodness of God. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if not for the goodness of God. <laughs> David knew that the goodness of God was in his presence, and he did whatever he could to get that Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, the Ark of the Covenant being where God was. He was on, sits on the mercy seat. That's where his presence was. And the Philistines had taken it, and he, they, had, they had beat the Philistines. They got it back, and David was doing everything he can to get it, get, it, get that Ark back and get the presence of God back into Jerusalem. And so then they end up trying to move it, uh, made a mistake, didn't do it God's way. Some guy died, Uzzah died, and they parked it at Obed-Edom's place. 1 Chronicles uh, 13, 14. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and the Lord blessed <laughs> the house of, the, of Obed-Edom and all that he had. That was the goodness of God. That was the presence of God at Obed-Edom's house. He was blessed, and everything he had was blessed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? We need to believe that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. God wants to show his goodness to you, but like anything else, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Like anything else, without faith, you will never receive anything from him. You need, you need to say this. I believe, I believe God is going to be good to me. Is going to be good to me. I believe in the goodness of God. I'm expecting the goodness of God. I believe that I will see, I will see the, goodness the goodness of God in my life, in my
2: life
1: while I'm alive. While I'm alive. <laughs> you have to wait from heaven to get there, man, to see the goodness of God. It's in the land of the living. Amen. It's in the land of the living. God's goodness is being delivered right now in the land of the living. God's goodness is making more deliveries than FedEx, Amazon, or Shopify. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 31, verse 19 in the New Living Translation. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. <laughs> Oh, glory. He's about to bless you with his goodness that it will be a testimony to the watching world. And they are watching. They are watching. Everyone you've ever witnessed to is watching. He is about to bless you with his goodness that it will be a testimony to the watching world. And just to get the attention of those people that are watching you, he's going to do some wonders in your lives. He's going to use us as a witness and when they see the goodness of God operating in our lives, they will decide that surely there is a God and He loves me. Amen? God is about to perform in front of an audience of unbelievers and cause them to turn to Him. God's goodness is going to be so amazing, it's going to cause people to repent. They're going to change their mind about God. You know, the last couple of years have been been crazy for churches. Many many have left because of fear of social interaction, government mandates that cause... uh, Church doors to, to close for a period of time, and then then restrictions on the number of people that you can have gathered together uh, that could worship together has led to the church population to actually shrunk. Uh, then there's people that were in church that have gotten comfortable and complacent sitting at home, uh, can't bother to come out for for some much needed fellowship. And I started off this this message with, you know, when you come together, this is what God has for you. This is what you need to do. It's not just receiving, it's giving as well. The church needs that. We all need that. Let me tell you what I see. They are coming back. God is getting ready to draw people back with His goodness. God knows how to draw people back to Him. His loving kindness compels them to. Not only are they going to hear us talk about the goodness of God, they're going to see the goodness of God in our lives. David, as a young shepherd boy, wrote the 23rd Psalm. In verse 6 it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And it did. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's not just a funeral psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And it did. See in my life, surely goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life, and will do continue to do so. I believe it. I expect the goodness of God. God is good, and His mercy endures forever. God is good, and His mercy endures forever. God is good, and His mercy endures forever. I am hungry, and I'm expecting His good. Mm, Yes, and
2: hunger (laughs) arises in the night. In the night seasons, you may in the natural (laughs) wake up hungry, but hunger arises in your night seasons. When you're not happy with where you're at, you long for something different. You long for something more. So hunger arises in your night seasons. So when you're in a night season, recognize it. Recognize it and run to me. Run to me and I will fill you to the fullness, running over and overflowing in your life. I will give you wisdom. I will give you knowledge. I will give you understanding. I will give you opportunities to display and to share my goodness with those around you. So opportunities and hunger arises in your night seasons and even in your day seasons. But most people turn to me only in their night seasons. So be watchful of those moments and those opportunities for me to fill you.
1: Hallelujah. Expect the goodness of God. Expect the goodness of God. Expect the goodness of God. If you hunger, expect the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Pastor George.
0: So why don't we go ahead and say it one more time. I hunger. I hunger. I hunger. for you, God. I hunger for growth. I hunger to see the goodness of God right here. Say it again. Right here in the land of the living. I hunger for love. I hunger for peace. I hunger for righteousness. God, I hunger for you. God, we we thank you for these ten weeks that we've had. Oh, we thank you for the expectancy, the expectancy of the good things, the expectancy of your presence, just a reminder, oh, of how to come boldly into your courts, Lord. Oh, we thank you that this isn't just a, oh, now we're done, we're moving on. God, no, 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 no. This year we are hungry. We stay hungry. We press harder into your presence. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that we've only just touched the tip of the iceberg. We thank you, Father, that your presence, it just gets gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. And so we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you need prayer for absolutely anything, Pastor Wendy's already done some prayer this morning. Our Word Care team's going to be up here at the front. They would love to believe and agree with you for whatever's going on in your life. If you'd like to partner together with us and give today, you can do so at wordchurch.ca forward slash give or the envelopes are in front of you and the baskets at the back. But guys, man, expect the goodness of God. Not in your future, in your today. As you walk out these doors, you're walking in his goodness. As you go home to your houses, his goodness is there. As you go to your jobs this week, his goodness is there. Go ahead and expect it. Go ahead and declare it. When you walk, get up out of your bed in the morning, go ahead and say, Oh, the goodness of God is here. Amen. You guys are blessed. Let's have some coffee and some great conversation.